0: The times we live in were described by Our Lady of Fatima as the final battle with vicious attacks on marriage and the family. It's a time of confusion and our kids need to be solid in knowing exactly who they are. Today's guest is an executive coach and a Catholic mom in the trenches here to talk about raising kids with a clear Catholic identity. Jenna Mayo is with us today. Stay with us. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today my guest is a Catholic mom and fellow coach, Jenna Mayo, here to share some powerful insights on raising kids with a clear Catholic identity. Jenna Mayo is a mom of three daughters, a wife, Catholic speaker, professional coach, triathlete, and avid skier. Jenna leads from the stage, phone and video calls, empowering and emboldening individuals to find their path forward guided by their Catholic faith. Jenna's mission is to teach others how to live the life they dream and not the one they are told they have to live living inter- into into Living into her value pillars of courage, humility, and faith, Jenna invites individuals and audiences to visualize and live out virtue and value in the midst of the chaos of the modern world. You're going to want to reach out to Jenna at jenna mayo.com. That's Jenna with two N's and Mayo, just like it sounds. And this will be in the show notes. And also her email address is jenna at jennamayohcoaching.com. And you can find her at catholicspeakers.com too, if you'd like to have her come to your next event. Welcome to the program, Janet. So good to have you here today. Thank you, Lisa. This is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do have fun. Jenna and I have had a few chats, and we're, we're really vibing on the Lord and the Holy Spirit, the way He works in us. And it's just so great to be together as sisters in the Lord. Um, just want to start, Jenna, uh, as a triathlete and as an executive coach, you're not the kind of person who shies away from pressure or challenge. So, so take us into what inspires you to work so hard at helping your kids grow up strong in a confusing world.
1: Thanks for asking. When, when I think about it, um, I, I first think of those that I'm coaching. I live in people's minds for a living. And <laughs> is uh, it's, a, it's such a gift to be invited into someone's mind in terms of helping them become who they want to be. As a coach, I always say I'm not here to here to heal you from your past, but I'm really good at helping you find your path forward. And the more I've studied mindset, the more I've studied the understanding and the power that your mindset has on your actions, on your emotions, on your feelings, on your perspective of the world, the more I realize the importance of starting it when my kid is two and when my kid is one and four and five and at a young age, because what it does is it creates neural pathways that will guide them for the rest of their lives. And and when we combine that intelligence of our mindset with the purpose of and the beauty of the Catholic faith and giving them an identity in, in who they are, it's, it's going to impact the way they see the world and for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and as a mom, well, my heart is in my children, wherever they go, right? They, they say, as a mom, your heart kind of leaves your body and it becomes with your kids, and so I want to give them every tool possible to help them succeed in life. And the battles that they're facing are raising and the, the, the severity, if, if you will, is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I want to arm them with every tool that I have and that I know of.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure that everyone listening is nodding their heads and kind of saying an internal amen, even if they hadn't thought of it in terms of neural pathways. And some of our homeschoolers do. But we are creating a landscape of the mind, the spirit, the heart that is heaven bound. And we are, as you said, we're really up against it right now.
1: Yeah, we, we often hear in the Bible, the destruction, the destruction of society begins with the destruction of the family. And the more that we can give our kids a strong identity and who we are, and how we operate, right? The more it fights the devil. <laughs> in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Living in the truth. Um, yeah, there's so much to that. That the more our children hear of the truth about, about themselves, about their faith about their uh, what the value of family life and all of those good things, the more they're attracted to and have an appetite for the truth. They're not feeding on junk food and developing cravings, they're actually learning to love what is good and beautiful and true. But we get derailed from being powerful as parents. Um, you talk about this a lot, Jenna, what are the two things you call them the two eyes? Uh, uh, take us into that What typically gets in our way.
1: When we think about spiritual warfare, which isn't something that I grew up learning about at all in the Catholic faith, I don't know if it's new age or I just never knew about it. Uh, Either way, in the last several years, I've learned about this element called spiritual warfare. We can figure out physical warfare, but there is a spiritual aspect to it. And when I heard about it, it makes sense intellectually. Okay, we've got St. Michael. He's, as the Christian song says, God of angel armies, (laughs) right? He's a protector. We can invoke him. We can ask for his help. But then when when we take a look at deeper, we realize how the devil attacks us, right? And so when when we think of it, it, the two eyes of the devil are isolation and inadequacy, followed closely by indifference. The two eyes of the devil are isolation and inadequacy, followed closely by indifference, When we think about it, how we're attacked as moms, isolation, COVID was wrought with isolation, right? Over and over again, right? We were isolated and and look what happened. And even the Surgeon General himself said the largest epidemic in the United States right now is loneliness. That's isolation. And as a mom, deep down in our bones, like the biggest fear is that we would fail our children, that we wouldn't provide for them, right? And so the devil attacks our inadequacy. I don't care how much you pray. If the devil's going to attack Jesus, he's going to attack us as moms. <laughs> and so 100%. How we in our inadequacy. So everybody out there listening, I would challenge you that when you have a negative thought, when you are feeling down, I can guarantee you it's going to come to isolation or inadequacy at some level. And it's followed closely by indifference. And that comes through. And it's not a leading indicator. It's it's the one that follows up. It's the, meh, we're spending the day at the lake. Do we really want to go to mass? We're on family vacation, right? Do we really want to take the effort? We're supposed to leave on Sunday to leave later just so that we can attend mass. It's this apathy, right? C.S. Lewis wrote about it in the scoots, in the screw tape letters.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it's a great book.
1: Apathy, the indifference, right? But when mm-hmm. everything is okay, you lose you lose happiness, you lose centeredness, right? God gave us the rules of life, right? When you when you play a game in any sport, you cheat, you're automatically dismissed, right? If you want to win at life or win at any game, the first thing you do is you read the rules of the game so that you can know how to win, right? You're you're learning Candyland or you're learning uh ticket to ride or sequence, right? The first thing that you would do is you would read the rules of the game so you learn how to win. God gave us the rules of the game. They're called the Ten Commandments. You want to win at life? Follow the Ten Commandments.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen.
1: Uh, that's just that's just an example where we just need to pay attention and, the, and fight isolation and inadequacy. And, and when we're having this feeling of indifference, because it's only going to bring you destruction or unhappiness. And God is a God of love and a God of joy and and he wants fulfillment in us. But the good news is, is that we know what the devil's using. And when you know the tools that he's using, we can fight it. It's just up to every mom, every person, every dad to see exactly how the devil is using it in their lives so that they can respond in exactly the way that God created them in alignment with who they are, their values and their virtues because how I fight it is going to be different than how you fight it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, amen. And I just want to say, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jen.
1: I'm just curious, when you think of isolation and inadequacy or indifference, if, if I could be bold and ask, what's an example where it's come up in your life lately?
0: Yeah, well, a couple of things that I've talked about freely is that in my house, I have my husband, his mom lives with us, and our daughter, and I'm the only person practicing the Catholic faith. There's talk about isolation, and there was a period of time where it was so disappointing to me that my Catholic homeschooled child left the church that the devil got into my head about inadequacy. Oh, you're a failure as a mother. You blew it. Ha ha. Um, And it's all your fault kind of thing. I mean, those two things like feeling like you're outnumbered. I talked to a young couple that was planning to get married and the young woman was and they've they since long after that broke up for other reasons. I didn't break them up, but she was super on fire for for her faith. And he just had very little or no interest in it. He was like, yeah, maybe I'll go to church with with you once in a while. And I said to her, listen, no matter how strong you bring up your kids. If your husband is not modeling the faith to your children trust me you're outnumbered because the whole rest of the world is going to be against your kids too so think about that it's not that you don't marry someone who's not of your faith it can work and i love my husband dearly i wouldn't trade him for the world but believe me it's a tough road because the father makes such a difference so those are the kinds of areas where i feel particularly isolated i know that a lot of people got really scared The enemy got into their heads through all the PR about COVID and about isolating. And and I really think that was a very conscious, diabolical plan to divide us, isolate us, and also to pit us against each other by making us afraid of each other. So we've had remarkable times that have fed into our kind of natural feelings of I'm not good enough. So I won't say that word to another person that might encourage them because it won't come out right. Or who am I? To preach, I'm not perfect. That sort of thing. So we can, the enemy gets in our heads and makes us feel like we're on shifting sands all the time. That we don't have the right to stand up. But who? What right do we have not to? We've been given so much. What right do we have not to fight back? And so I just, I want to thank you, Jenna, for your courageous approach. For your, hey, let's learn the rules so we can win. Like that's what it's all about. It's about getting our kids to heaven. We. This is worth playing for keeps here. It's really
1: hard to be in the world but not of the world. He he often attacks me a in the inadequate. I'm not doing it right as a mom, right? Or I see it differently. Or someone gives me a backhanded compliment and I just stew on it. Like I failed my kid up until this point. How did I not discipline them enough? Or how did I not do this? Right. So he attacks me as a mom, and he really attacks me in the finances. I don't. You know, everybody has a different first memory of money. And and my, when I think about it, my first memory of money is Santa forgetting to wrap the Christmas gifts. Well, that's because the church donated the Christmas gifts. And when I think about how then I grew up with money, it's once I, when I was on my own at 18 on it, I, if I fall, no one's going to catch me. So I'm better as heck never fall. <laughs> mm. And so that as a spear to say, you're not enough. It's not enough. And so he attacks me and it shows up in so many different ways of of inadequacy. And so I, my husband and I fight that with, it's not our money. It's God's money. I don't care where we're at in life. We're giving, we're going to give another 50. We're going to give another hundred. We're going to give it, we're going to give it because it's not our money. It's God's money. And so trying to train, change that train of thought of, Hey, I'm not an adequate. It's not too. It's not mine anyways. (laughs)
0: That's so freeing. That's so freeing. I love that. Jenna, we're going to go even deeper into solutions, some great responses that you have to isolation, inadequacy. And uh, what was the third one?
1: Indifference.
0: Indifference. Okay, we're going to talk about that more and how we can help raise strong children with Jenna Mayo. We're talking about raising kids with a clear Catholic identity. And we will be right back after our sponsor break.
1: Hi, I'm Walter Crawford.
0: And I'm Maureen Whitman.
1: We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast, which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we
0: invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now
1: back to our program.
0: All right, we're back with Jenna Mayo, and we are talking about raising kids with a clear Catholic identity. And we've been talking about isolation, inadequacy, and indifference. Uh, I, I love the way you have kind of broken it down, Jenna. So talk to us about how we respond as moms. What's a way to to kind of meet those challenges?
1: I will say every mom will should find their own way in my way my solace is that if I can teach my kids to think, then they can think their way through things later in life. And in, in parity with that, it's giving them a Catholic identity before the world gives them an identity. Right. You know, I always often joke that God must trust me a lot to raise three girls in this society. (laughs) Uh, But so when we think about identity, we are, I'm very intentional in the vernacular and the words that I use to put on my kids. And if I were to say, you're shy, they're going to forever think they're shy. If I say, you're really outgoing and you're great at inviting people, no matter who, the, how old they are, but you're great at inviting people to play with you, right? Then they embody that. So when we think of our Mayo family value pillars, the first one is faith. First and foremost is the Catholic faith. And the second one is family, then owning your body responsibility and forgiveness. Mm. So faith. So Catholic identity is innate in everything that we do, right? We, we choose to go to mass every Sunday. We pray the rosary. My husband or I pray it every day. Often we pray it with the family, whether they pray with us or they just hear us, or I put it on my phone and I have it bookmarked on my phone and just listen to it through Catholic radio, right? The kids are still in the car listening to it. So the rosary every day to fight spiritual warfare. I'm always talking about faith. I openly pray just to thank God. And they see it. My five-year-old dropped, has dropped to her knees to thank God for snow. We love skiing,
0: right? <laughs> or they the
1: window. And they just thank God for the moment. And, th- and there's lots of really funny instances uh, where you know, we were in a Coles bathroom and my six-year-old was going to the bathroom and she's like, mom, what's our purpose in life? <laughs> right. And you're like, wow. yeah, this was the place that we were going to have this conversation. <laughs> 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 but, but they're always thinking about it, no matter what, because we're always talking about it. Oh, natural. So that's mm-hmm. faith. We move as a family unit. We, mm-hmm. we do things as a family unit. We don't do things in a silo. We move together. And so family is always important. Before I leave, you know, I'll say, to the seven-year-old, you know, you take care of the five and two-year-old. To the two-year-old, take care of the five and seven-year-old. To the five-year-old, take care of the other two, <laughs> right?
0: Like, everyone <laughs> wow. care of wow. everyone. Wow, <laughs> like, I love that.
1: Right? right, especially with three girls, teaching them from a very early age, you are in charge of your body. You are in charge of what you eat, what you read, what you watch, what you see, what you say. Um, so it's mindset, it's social, it's physical, and it's intellectual. And so we often we talk about, right, they watch certain cartoons or they watch TV and I'll say, what does your body feel like after my my, my brain feels really mixed up right now? Okay, well, that's because you watch TV at five o'clock. And so it's giving them freedom and then it's showing, hey, what is your body feeling right now? Why do you think you're feeling this way? or letting them when camping, right, to, to stay up a little later, right? What does your body say? Is it time to go to bed? And if they don't, and then we talk about it in the morning. So giving them freedom in a controlled setting, right? We're not going crazy here, but to learn <laughs> their bodies at this age. Hey, you're hungry because you didn't have proteins with breakfast. You just had empty carbs, right? What do you want to do tomorrow? Do you want to feel this way tomorrow? So it's, it's teaching their body. Mm. So they their body and they have to speak up about it. Responsibility taking responsibility for your actions, right? It's your choices. No one, you know, if if one is upset and saying, hey, that so-and-so is making me feel this way. They're not. You're choosing to feel this way. How do you want to choose to respond? We make Mayo choices. We also give them identity of Mayos, don't give up. We're exhausted. You're biking and you want to walk up, right? Mayos say, God, give me strength in hard times. So it's giving them identity and giving them the words to use in difficult moments that they can reflect back on. Um, And then finally, forgiveness. Whenever someone inevitably hits somebody or does something mean because they're children, they will, um, we have to say, I'm sorry for hitting you. Will you please forgive me? God gave us the gift of confession. And so he wants, he taught us that we have to get it out. And then we have to ask for forgiveness. So it's forgiveness of yourself and others. That's paramount. It's forgiveness of yourself and others is is our remaining value pillar. And and we have it for for those on YouTube that are are watching it. We have our one, three, and five-year plan taped to my our bedroom wall, my husband and I's bedroom wall, and just below it we have our family value pillars. And you can literally see it's right here. I ripped this off my wall just to bring it today. (laughs) My kids can see, hey, here's our family value pillars, and they'll ask, like, Mom, I don't really know the family value pillars. Can we go over them again? Absolutely. They want to know. They want to embody it, and and we talk about it and. I would sum it up to say, teach our girls the truth, give them freedom, and make going to confession a habit.
0: Yeah, amen. And and just, uh, Jenna, could you also step us into, you and your husband obviously have been extremely intentional about the, the way you've set this all up together. Would you just say a little bit about how you and your husband developed this process for your family. A lot happened before those papers got stuck on the wall. And I don't mean to take us from A to Z, soup to nuts, but but give us an idea of what that process has been like for you. And maybe we can adapt it for ourselves. Yeah,
1: Uh, I wouldn't say it was a long process. It was a, hey,
0: we're gonna do this okay. (laughs) Now that was this from your, your framework as a coach, like this is the kind of thinking that gets us where we want to go. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, show up as a coach in my family life. Right,
1: right, exactly. And so we decided uh, one January three years ago, uh, it was the January 2nd, right, we decided to take the first day of the year off for just the two of us for a date day. And we spend the first half of it going, doing our one, three, and five year value pillar plan, and then make sure our value pillars are still the same. And so it was just, we'd, I just, we decided, I'm like, hey, what do you think about taking this day off? Let's create our value pillars. Let's create our one, three, and five year plan. And then we'll have a date day in the afternoon. And he and my husband was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I almost <laughs> feel like it was a little
0: bit of a carrot. Yeah, then, then comes the date, honey.
1: <laughs> and the date day, right? Like that just, we kind of decided it. And that's the beauty. <laughs> but, It's not this big thing. It's just, you got to start. It's progress. It's not perfection. And so, I mean, even Einstein said um, necessity is the fatherhood of invention. And to me, it's, it's a necessity to give my kids an identity before the world does, because I can guarantee you if I let the world give them an identity, I'm going to look back and I'm going (laughs) to regret a lot of the choices. And so I want to get ahead of it as a mom and as a, my husband as well, and in, in raising our kids with, with clarity and understanding in a world that is full of chaos and confusion. I want to give them that clarity and that this is what that does. Mm, I
0: love it. I love love that there's clarity in you that then gets communicated to your children. But I also love that there's an exploration going on of them noticing themselves in their own responses and, as you said, having to process it out loud, having to say something about it. And you mentioned being a verbal processor. It's amazing how much we need each other. We think about confession being an encounter with Christ, right? The priest is the one saying it. he's anointed to that purpose, right? He's able to do that. He's given those faculties. But it's Christ who forgives and absolves. These are encounters with other human beings when your daughters are encountering you and your family values and interacting in that sacred place of looking another person in the face in their human face and having a conversation about it, a respectful, uplifting conversation that self explores, you know, uh, St. Teresa of Avila and lots of other saints talked about self-knowledge being the starting point for sanctification. We can't become holy without knowledge of self. It's impossible. God's given us ourselves to build with and to follow him with. And so you're doing just such deep and sacred work here. And yet, what I love so much about taking a coach approach, Jenna, is as much as I want the whole Catholic Church to be trained in coaching techniques, because it really helps us to be together and be present to each other in a very powerful and transformational way. I won't lie, I'm all about it. But I will say that it's actually ultimately simple. And would you just take us out with Whatever the Holy Spirit is holding out for you, Jenna, and take as long as you like, what else would you like to just say to everybody listening who's kind of going, oh, wow, that's interesting, or that's similar to what we're doing, but we do it a little more like this, or I never thought about that at all before?
1: Such a great question, and I think it's so poignant because the Holy Spirit speaks to each of us differently. If we think about the apostles in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came. I can't remember how many languages was it interpreted into.
0: I don't know, but there were thousands of people from every kind of tribe, tongue, and nation that were passing through this incredible crossroads of the Holy City. So it was amazing.
1: Right. So we'll just say thousands, right? If not millions of people around the world, like even that exists, right? And the Holy Spirit speaks to each of us differently. So maybe this one idea of value pillars is a catalyst, but ultimately the Holy Spirit will speak to every single individual out there in a different way. It's just up to us to figure out how God speaks to us. We're all given mother's intuition. Like mother's intuition, I think is separate and it's unique and it's different than other people, right? Because we are the only people, species, whatever you want to call it out there that can communicate with God and brings a child into the world, right? So we're given this gift of mother's intuition for a reason. And it's up to us to figure out how to listen to our intuition. Because I can tell time and time again, me, you, everybody out there, right? The devil's going to want to attack it and say, you're wrong, right? It's the apathy, it's the indifference. You don't need to do that. And the more that we can realize, hey, I have this intuition. Now I'm hearing a counter to it. Okay, that's the Holy Spirit talking. I've got to follow my intuition. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? Like it, it, it's that pattern. And and that's it, that is how the Holy Spirit speaks to me. If I have an idea and then all of a sudden I have a myriad of reasons why it's a bad idea, all right, that's the Holy Spirit talking to me. I gotta do it.
0: Huh. Wow,
1: and I so love I, that. And learn to hone that and to pay attention to the many reasons why I shouldn't do something. For example, I had a friend at work, so I uh and I was I had the intuition to bring her to say, do you want to go to mass? And I'm like, that's a terrible idea. This is a professional environment. This would be really awkward. And I had all of these reasons why that's a terrible idea. And then I was like, okay, I need to do it. And I did. And we went to mass and it became a beautiful friendship. And, and she's very different than I am in a lot of different ways, but it became a beautiful friendship. And I would have never known the outcome if I hadn't realized the pattern of how the Holy Spirit speaks to me but that's just me, Jenna Mayo. Everybody else is a different way. The Holy Spirit speaks to them. I just want to challenge you to figure out that way and then to follow it because your intuition is what matters, not the myriad of things, reasons why you shouldn't follow your intuition. Does that
0: make sense, Lisa? Uh, 100%. What did you hear? What
1: did you I, hear I, what I
0: <laughs> oh, I heard a lot. I heard a lot of open doors and, and I love that because The pattern is what we're talking about. God establishes patterns with us, and sometimes he brings in new patterns. Like when I started my third order Carmelite formation and really got dedicated to Liturgy of the Hours, I started to experience profound connection with him and his leading really specific answers to my prayers during that time. So. It can shift, but there's, but it tends to come to me in words. For other people, it's pictures. For others, it's that gut level intuition where they just know they're supposed to do something. So tuning into how God has designed you. He has designed pathways for contact and intimacy and communication and healing and all of that within you that are unique and unrepeatable. And so thank you for saying that, Jenna. We have to notice the patterns that God is creating in us, and that will help us to help our children find their own pathways. Because when you talked about the Ten Commandments, I talk about this a lot with Catholic coaches, that we were given these, they're not just guardrails, they're powerful places of intersection with the heart of god right these places of what is good and what is not and so those are places where we experience freedom and and so discovering how we are uniquely designed doesn't take us away from our catholic faith we're still dropping anchor in what is true and good and beautiful in the heart and the mind of god Um, but we are living uniquely as we were meant to be because god's creativity in in loving us into existence is beyond what we can imagine. He can come to us each uniquely, speak to us uniquely, love us uniquely, just like the myriad of the the saints, right? The countless different kinds of saints, laborers, and intellectuals, and moms, and and adventurers, and soldiers, and you name it, who all had different paths to God, but who all believed in the same God, and the same holy truths. So thank you for that. that. That to me is something that we don't talk about enough in the church. That you're not not meant to just be a, a a drone Catholic in lockstep, not doing bad things. We're supposed to be living full out this unique calling, and and I just love the radiance of your face right now, Jenna. I would love to hear your heart.
1: The Holy Spirit wants it. The Holy Spirit's role is the translator. Right. The the Holy Spirit wants to fill us with joy and love and happiness. Yet the more we get bogged down with the world's ideals my goodness reading the news for an hour you there's no hope for anybody in humanity
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's awful it's no, so but, toxic but we can
1: choose right? just like i teach my children we own you own your body nobody else is in charge of it same thing with us we own our body and the, following the intuition of, of telling people how i control my body i re- realize that social media i only have facebook i don't have instagram or twitter or any of those for a reason. And I also went so far as to take Facebook off of my phone. And then I had my husband and then, then I decided I still couldn't get rid of it. So then I'd log in every time with my username and password. And I realized I, it was so hard to cut. I had my husband change my password. So I don't know my password, so I cannot access it unless he (laughs) he logs in for me or it's (laughs) saved on a computer, which I rarely ever open. Right. So it's creating boundaries in my life to protect myself right? Proactively. I know Facebook can be a negative swirl for me. And so I protect it. I also don't put my kids on Facebook and I understand and explain to them why this is why you're not on Facebook. Here is a picture of so-and-so. I just photocopied it and kept it for myself. And now I can do anything that I want with it. Then I show that to my children who are young, but showing them, this is why you're not on Facebook. So then when they go to school and people are taking photos to publish. They step out, but they know the reason why I want to do that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of different things and boundaries that I put in my life and we put in our lives to protect our children and myself, because I even know, right, the, the, the crevices that the devil can use to sneak in to attack me.
0: Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's so good. And we can keep bringing those places before the Lord, too, because they are weaknesses. I love St. Paul so much. To me, he was a great coach. He talks so much about the uniqueness of the human person within the body. He talks a lot about being intentional, about, hey, listen, I make tents, I labor hard, so I don't have to burden anybody else. He has set really strong rules to 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 protect his own heart so he doesn't become a freeloader. He sees his own weaknesses. He sees that his weaknesses make him strong in the Lord when he just throws himself on the mercy of God and perseveres, homeless and abused, while some of the churches he's planted are are starting to get full of themselves and lord, them, lord their authority over other people. Well, he's still going around homeless and people are stoning him and driving him out of towns. So, I mean, I just feel like I know maybe I kind of went on a a little bit of a tangent there, but I guess what I'm saying is that that self-awareness, that we got to take it seriously, we have to be notice that we are in a wilderness, but we're not alone. We're walking with the Lord. As you said, we've got this advocate, we've got the translator, we've got somebody with us at every moment in this glorious battle.
1: I think the hard part, it's not knowing that it's the discipline to do something about it. That's the hard part. And in a society that's instantaneous, right? When I buy something on the Amazon and it's taking three days, I'm like, seriously, why is it taking three days? It should be two. I <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm so more impatient. More, I'm like, all right, what can I buy? that can get here by 8 a.m. and not two days. It's <laughs> like, such an instant gratification society that we want the answer. And so how can we create discipline within ourselves to help us live happier lives? Ultimately, what it is, what it does. It gives us the gift of freedom. There's more freedom when you have more discipline.
0: Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And to all of you out there who are creative types, who are not very good at discipline, find your own way again. uh, Talk to the Lord about it find a flexible plan that helps you to create disciplines for yourself and you know maybe get a coach at some point to help you discern that but jenna i can't thank you enough it is always such a joy to spend time with you um you know you really light up a room and everybody you can reach jenna at jenna mayo.com that's j-e-n-n-a-m-a-y-o.com or jenna at jenna mayo coaching.com she's also at catholicspeakers.com if you'd like her to speak at your next event um, just an absolute joy, a faithful Catholic, someone who loves the Lord and the Church, and is just a really dedicated mom. So, Jenna, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you, thank you for, thank you for inviting me.
0: Yeah, it's uh, we, we got to do this again. And everybody, as you're listening, please uh, pray for us. We're praying for you too. It's it's just such a privilege to to be in your ear today. <laughs> so have a great one. God bless you.